Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, we're getting into themes. 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 Uh, I'm Russ Capasso. Joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim. What's my theme? <laughs> no, you know, I was going to say, how was the Devil's Bruins game last night? But sure, you can go ahead and... <laughs> Devil's Bruins game was great. I brought my kids. And um, what's my theme? I think I've got a bunch of themes and sub themes right yeah. now. I've got health. I'm feeling a little sick. Yeah. For this man, podcast. Man versus nature. I get okay. A little man <laughs> versus nature. Yeah. A little yeah. good versus evil. Uh, maybe a little uh, revenge on on nature for making you sick. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Courage and but perseverance. I think I've got kind of a, a uh, if I knew then what I know now theme, you know, mm-hmm. it would have saved me some time. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I think. On How about all you? What, what's your theme, Russ? Think is redemption. I need to get back. I need to redeem myself on getting back on my writing, my writing horse. Right? Red Dead Redemption, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't need to go play video games, but I will. <laughs> now that you've said that, you know, I do have one mission left in that game. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're talking about themes. Let's do like a quick definition of themes, just in case. Yeah, I think that's necessary and yeah. arguable, no matter what we say. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this would be the one thing I think. So uh, we always look across like, a, we'll, you know, I do a Google search. And I find all these different articles from different places, Reedsy, Masterclass, uh, Grammarly. They have all, all the writing blogs. have all got these, you know, topics that they cover. And I think this is the one thing that was common across all of them. Straightforward, right? It's the kind of like the underlying, I'm going to say something. I'm like, I'm going to say something. I feel like you're going to be like, that's not what I think. That's how that goes. No, I think you're, <laughs> I think you're right. I just think that everything when it comes to like literary devices and constructs is super debatable because oh yeah people just write nonstop it's, about what it is yes like i saw one article somebody like used the word theme is the meaning and it's like it's not the meaning <laughs> it's the idea you know which is it's the like underlying meaning or underlying idea right that you explore in a novel or a story i mean that yeah. i think is pretty sh- well i think there's a small bit of nuance i completely agree with you like that that's what it is overarching yeah yeah it's like yeah the, like the underlying idea behind your writing and i think the difference between idea and meaning is is that an idea can be a thought or a question and meaning is maybe an answer and, and i think the okay. difference is that maybe the author doesn't need and i think that's like what the argument is the author doesn't need to necessarily provide the answer mm. to the question they're posing they just need to pose the question like any good lazy writer and <laughs> let the and that's where i think that reader writer relationship yeah. happens where let, then the the person who's reading yeah kind of formulates their own their own solution or thinks about it a little bit you want the the reader to maybe think about uh, you know, it's not the plot necessarily. The plot is just the, the thing that kind of moves characters around and how you explore and or convey the theme. I think that's kind of interesting because it's, there's lots of ways you can do it, right? Yeah. I mean, using your characters, number one, right? Your, your characters can, can absolutely convey theme, even ties back to our conversation about characterization, indirect and direct characterization, how you use that and how characters act and react to, uh, to situations and their roles in the story could also convey a theme. Uh, dialogue obviously Um, so all the like I think all the nuance and and devices within writing can be ways to convey uh, that idea or underlying meaning you're trying to get across do you think that your plot should be in service of the theme wouldn't that make sense yeah I know I I think so I'm 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 thinking of my own work and and uh my own work. What a, what a, what a pretentious thing to say. My own, <laughs> what a douchebag thing to say. I'm just thinking of my own work, Tim. Hold on. Hold on. Let me take my monocle off. Let me get my long cigarette out. Hold on. <laughs> Pack those real quick. Now, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about host and, and yes, the plot, I think, definitely serves the theme. I didn't have... 
I think when I first started writing that, there was no, I didn't have like a direct idea of a theme that I was trying to convey. I was just like, here's a plot and here's some characters. Let me get, let me get from point A to point B. Yeah. And I don't think the theme really emerged until like maybe a second draft or third draft. And I was like, oh, this is, this is it. But then. Is it that you didn't have the intentionality like to have your theme in the beginning that wasn't formulated yet? Yeah. But it was present in the writing, right? Like, is it that you, was it that you just hadn't kind of given it shape yet but it was there yeah can you share what the theme is for for host i think there's a couple of things in there going on um i think for and it's kind of strange because like we were talking about this beforehand and we've said this about many other uh topics we've talked about you can have multiple themes throughout a throughout a story right um yep i think like for i have like themes for specific characters i guess the overarching one would be i don't know if it's on any list but it would probably be maybe trust or power you know, mm. um, and you know, who has that power and how people are using it. And then that would be, I think the theme I was kind of came together as, you know, second or third or fourth draft, but then like each character has kind of their own theme. Like Lilo, she's on kind of like a survival, you know, mm-hmm. man, person versus society, you know, theme. And she's got, that's kind of like almost like a, like a B story theme, but then ties back to like the bigger, the bigger picture. So yeah, I think there's kind of a couple different layers to it, but I, I think the core one was, Power dynamic and trust uh, amongst people, all the characters within the story. If you had to put that into a question, you know, if you were like, well, how would you formulate a question on that theme? How would I formulate a question? Jeez, what are you doing to me this morning? I thought you were sick. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you weren't prepared. I'm I'm ready. I'm grilling you. You're grilling me. Give me a question. My first, I was like, who do you trust? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's, if that's the right, that's the right way. I don't actually don't know. How would I formulate that into a question? Who has the power? Who, who can you trust? Who Who watches the Watchmen? Yeah. Who watches the Watchmen? Uh, (laughs) Maybe something along those lines. Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question, Tim. Um, You know, what's funny, dude, about yours, right? And I think it's just what I, what I took from it, right? So the theme that I got from yours, which probably isn't the theme, but it was something that stood out to me was family a little bit, like the familiar relationship between Elliot and his father. And even though his dad was kind of this missing space throughout the book, since he passed very early in it or before the book starts, it always felt like that was the driving force between before, like Elliot is a character to go seeking the truth and... So, I mean, to that point, I, I do feel like there's a lot of times when there will be multiple themes at play in, a, in yeah. a good book. And what stands out the most will probably be what's most important to the reader at that time. Mm-hmm. So I, I like am rereading White Noise or finished it up. And um, there's so many themes in that yeah. book. But the one that stands out to me, you know, having read Ernest Becker is fear of death. You know, to me, like fear of death is like central to that. Yeah. But there is commodification and consumerism and its effects on family dynamics and you know simulation like there's a ton of themes going on yeah. and you could write senior dissertations on all of them and they'd all be right they'd be okay yeah. so yeah. and i think maybe that's what makes very rereadable books but i think if you do a good job i mean yes it makes a lot of sense to have one central theme um but if, i think if you care about a lot of things as you're writing more themes will probably yeah. come out in your work. Yes, that was another one too. Friends, friends and family, I guess, because I, I was thinking more of the dynamic between Lilo, Elliot and Jake just being like kind of like this kind of new, you know, friend family unit that's coming together to solve a problem. So I think yep. that would definitely be another theme that kind of sits in there. 
Um, but it's funny how like all these things don't come up until you get through like later drafts, you know, yeah. I think, like you said, I think the when coming coming into like the first draft, I didn't, I just wanted to get characters through and I wasn't really thinking about theme looking at like future stories. I think I want to have at least a couple of ideas of what I'm trying to express in the story. Yeah. Not that it needs to be set in stone because nothing needs to be set in stone, but I think it's a nice guiding light to tie back to like, okay, how can I make this connect to the plot? How can I now have the characters tied to that theme what are they saying how they're reacting that reinforces what i'm trying to say instead of trying to like add that in you know post uh yeah which is i think becomes a little bit more difficult i definitely started with a theme in mind i won't say it was fleshed out as much like i had this the concept of identity and like authentic identity and i talked to you about it like before i started writing and it was kind of flimsy you know but it was there and um and i think because of that I mean, my whole book is in the service of the theme, which is what makes me feel a little, yeah, a little self-conscious about it because it's a little on the nose, I think. Yeah, and then I have like recurring motifs to like that allude back to that theme. But there's certainly other themes other than identity in mind. I mean, there's still there's consumerism is in there. Yep. You know, I definitely have an undercurrent of like commentary on corporate animal farms and like. Yep. Yep. You started, you did have a couple ideas for themes when you came into it, but more kind of came into shape as you were progressing. Yeah. I mean, when I had the concept of my my own character, it was very much her trying to be her authentic self. Yeah. And when she's trying to do that, like she's doing it wrong and she's actually becoming just kind of like a doppelganger or, you know, really even a less authentic version of herself by striving yeah. to like be part of the scene and be seen as like, you know, lower class and like listening to punk. It's, um, she's just wearing a costume, right? Yeah. And it slowly becomes apparent to her through the story that that's the case. So it was always there, but, but I'll, I'll say that, um, the character work that I was doing with her wasn't in line, like her character motivations and the theme, I don't think were in service of one another, um, during the first draft, I really had to go back and, and clean that up. Yeah. So almost kind of a little bit of coming of age in there for her, maybe. Yeah, like, there's coming of age. Right? I mean, there's like, family and friendship are in there. There's yeah. even good versus evil. You I was going to say, a, yeah. yeah. Like a, a, and as I was reading, you know, through like a, for this podcast, you know, there's, you know, the six examples of themes, the 10, the 200 examples yeah. of themes. <laughs> it's, like, um, right. it's like a grab bag, you know, <laughs> like you can, I think you're going to have pieces of a lot of the big ones. Yeah. But I think one should loom much larger than the rest, right? There should be a central theme. I agree. And then you can have smaller themes that kind of cut throughout. Yeah. I, I feel. Yep. Um, and I know that sounds like maybe contrary to what the definition of theme is, which is the underlying idea. But I do think there are many ideas and many, many underlying ideas behind good works of fiction. Yeah. And I guess there's also the layer of, and this is just, I think, with maybe with experience of how do you make those themes not feel so overt overt and then yeah. how do you do it in a way yeah. that is that where the characters and what they're saying what they're doing and the symbolism symbolism you're using or um you know metaphors you're using throughout kind of don't hit it too hard i mean i just finished reading dune and those hit pretty hard <laughs> and yeah. there's but there's a lot of them uh you know and it's like it's it's interesting because like reading through this the this like i just finished this like my third time reading through it and it's like i think the one i was locked on to this time was 
uh, was more the like religion power side of things, which is like very upfront. It's very in, like very on in your face. But then there's so many other there's so many other things there. Like obviously there's good versus evil. There's this you know savior hero th- kind of theme going on. There's yeah revenge uh, in there. There's family in a weird way. <laughs> you know, family yep. is you know throughout. Um, but yeah, that was the one. And obviously the ecology thing and and man versus nature and stuff like this. So. Um, but the religion one, I, I think I was really religion and power and like that dynamic that was kind of throughout the entire story. But and then isn't there a huge one about like ecology and environmentalism that's in yes. there as well? Oh God, yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like huge, yeah. huge. And I think I this I think this 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 time going through, I started picking up a little. It's it's there. It's not it's not hard to see, but I started seeing some of the more smaller I think nuances uh, referenced you know about it. That I was like, oh, this is kind of this is interesting. So, mm. but um, and obviously the the metaphor, symbolism, whatever you want to say, spice and oil is very obvious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or or a resource that you know uh, some some group has that another group doesn't have and wants. Um, so I like you said earlier, you can you can Google like you know themes right and you'll come across the the six common the 10 common the 20 common themes. <laughs> like all right can we just let's all relax here but i think there are there are some staples that are that are, are like kind of carry throughout those like I, I kept seeing like coming of age was always one obviously revenge good versus evil is always like a common one mm-hmm. um but then there was like some nuanced ones that i, I thought were <laughs> like this one it's got like 20 it's like Circle of life, faith versus doubt. Uh, family, I think, is a pretty common one. And then it breaks down all like the, you know, it's justice, loneliness, and then like the man versus nature, man versus self, man versus society. <laughs> it's like, oh God. What, uh, yeah. what resource is this? Just so folks know. This one's uh, writers.com, uh, common themes in literature. And it's a pretty extensive write up. They have you like, here's the 20 themes, here's kind of like a definition of it, and then here's a couple examples that sit in there. But again, as we've learned, you could say, you know, you know, Man vs. Society, 1984, sure, by George Orwell. Yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, but there are probably other books that you drop in a category here that could fit into like two or three other ones as we've been kind of getting yeah, through. Totally. So I feel like being cautious of staying away from making sure it's like stuck in this one bucket is is kind of important. But just like that, man, like I feel like you don't need to be completely cornered into one theme, but it does make it'll make your life a lot easier i think if you're gonna to have one in mind before you start writing again yeah it's you don't want to have to come up with it after your first draft <laughs> you know because yeah. there's some things that you probably could have done that would have been in service of that greater theme and that could have helped the writing and made it a little more enjoyable so and yes it, it kind of acts as like a, as a glue too between all the devices that you use to to kind of reference it in a way right it's kind yeah. of like the, the heart of it and it's yeah, you, know, that's you, good can, point. You, you can have multiple, but it's it like you said earlier, like the plot should be in service of it. You know, all these things yep. should be in service of each other. But at the end of the day, like they all kind of they kind of come back to the theme because that's that's the thing that you're trying to get across with your own voice of, you know, loyalty or, you know, uh, good versus evil. So you're right. Yeah. Like I said, it's good to have, I think, a couple up front and at least some ideas in your head. So as you're going through and this, again, I'm, this is more for thinking of my own process, like having a couple, just like three or four, just throw them on the board. Be like, this is what I want to talk about. And then, you know, don't force them, you know, don't feel like you have to force the situation, but, um, yeah. kind of having the back of your mind and then seeing what comes through the editing process, I think is okay. And I'd uh, say take comfort in the fact that you don't need to provide a solution. You just need to raise a question, you know, 
Yeah. You can say these things are important and they mean something. What do they mean? I don't know. You tell me. Go yeah. write a paper about it. Just just come up with a better question than I did. Uh, what is trust? Who do you trust? I don't think it necessarily needs to be a question, but it's funny because this is the same exact thing that my youngest daughter is learning right now in school. Oh, yeah? You know, she is in fourth grade and she's like theme and they give her a two-page reading yeah. and they ask, what is the theme of this little short story? And it's yeah. super direct, you know? It's yeah. like the most recent one was... Uh, called Freddy in the Shade. It was about this kid that wore sunglasses and he wears the sunglasses to protect himself from change because he'd recently moved from one coast to the other and okay. he just doesn't want to engage with anybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of neat like how they tease that out and kind of get her, got my daughter to like that conclusion that, you know, yeah. change was the, the one of the main themes there. Huh. Um, it's a nice way to to teach it, so... I would have said trying to be cool with those sunglasses. Yeah, cool, on. being a cool guy. Just being cool guy. That's my theme. Yeah, he never seemed cool. He wore them at night. That's that's unless you're a blues brother, you don't wear sunglasses at night. Yeah, or that guy that sang that song. Or a Terminator. Or because <laughs> they don't. I guess I guess the '80s it was okay to do it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. <laughs> definitely <was. laughs> they Cobra. So I mean, I don't think there's. I don't think we have much else to, to toss onto the theme of pile of wood i don't know i'm trying to make a <laughs> trying to do some type of allegory or symbolism thing here and it's not working oh, we'll have to cover yeah. that in a podcast episode <laughs> um, uh, yeah uh, no, yeah it's, it's pretty like, straightforward and um and i'd say just make sure you have one in mind before you start writing just throw a couple ideas on the board you want to talk about and then see what happens yeah so uh what do you uh what you've been watching reading lately oh i just started um you know, there's two books that I um, started and never finished, and they're so wildly different. God Emperor Dune, which even inspired me to start up again. Wow, you jumped to that one, or well, that's I know I've, I, that's, that's where I am, one. and that's the okay. fourth one. So gotcha. I've read like Dune, Messiah, Children of Dune. Yeah, yeah. And I had a hard time with God Emperor Dune because you know worms. And it takes place like um, a thousand years in the future from the original Dune or something like that, right? Yeah, I think it was right when they introduced all the cloned Duncans that I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. come back to this later. <laughs> so I've got that. And then I've got um, another book that I started and didn't finish was a uh, Thomas Pynchon uh, Vineland, which I was really enjoying. I just never got through it. So yeah. those are on deck now. I, I just finished up White Noise. It's amazing. Um, really happy I reread that. And then as far as watching, started watching The Curse um, with Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone. I haven't heard it. It's great. Yeah. So far. It almost feels like one of his mockumentaries, you know, because yeah. mostly he deals in like faux reality TV shows. Yep. But it's straight, straight drama, straight fiction. And it's like um, him and his wife move to like a small suburban town. Yeah. And they start kind of um, investing in the town, but also investing in these new types of houses through this guise of like they're helping the town and you know, they're going to provide jobs. But really, they're just kind of hoping to get a reality show for themselves and kind of become stars in a way. And it yeah. deals with them being very polite yet despicable people mm. um, and completely unaware of how despicable they are. It's great. It, it's definitely worth watching. How about you? What are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, let's see. For reading, I'd finished Dune. I'm starting Dune Messiah again. I've read it. I only read that one once, so I'm doing that one in Children of Dune. I'm kind of going in order here. And I'm going to get into God Emperor. I'm going to do the whole six, six set. Did, so. did you read... Children as well? Yes. So why are you rereading all of them? I'm surprised. Uh, I wanted to reread 
Dune because it'd been a while, but after I had read it before the movie had come out and I wanted to reread it with the, the new movie that's come out and then part two is coming out in a couple of months. So I kind of wanted to like re- reorient myself with it. And I'm like, wow, how are they going to do a lot of this part two is going to have a lot, of, a lot of weird stuff to it. I can't wait yeah. to see how they're going to pull that off. And there's some things I kind of forgot about. Um, and then uh, also speaking of the third act that just kind of like wraps up really quickly in a weird way, like that second act is so big. And then the third act is just kind of like, Oh yeah, he's dead. Oh yeah, he's dead. Oh, she, you know, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I thought there's gonna be a little more something here with that, but okay, that's fine. Yeah. So rereading Dune Messiah now just started that. I had only read that once, and I kind of want to go back through it. Um, and then I'll do Children of Dune, and then I'm gonna do the. I'll jump on God in prayer with you. I really enjoyed Messiah, and I really enjoyed Children of Dune. Actually, I yeah. enjoyed them more than I enjoyed the first novel. Crazily enough, I think it was there. It was a little easier to read. I think his like yeah. lexicon and syntax like simplified it a little bit. I mean, the first book is like over 600 pages, and like the next one's like just under just about 300. Messiah is like 280 to whatever the paperback. So yeah, uh, a little bit tighter of a story. Um, I'm thinking I'm confounding Messiah and Children. Does Paul? Is he still in the desert and children? Oh, don't remember. I don't remember. That's why I, I, know, I, I like I read them back to back and I'm kind of forgetting where one begins and the other ends. You know, I, th- I think he is, but I don't remember. I'll let you know yeah. when I get there. Cool. <laughs> I've been reading this other one called The Tourist, which is like an espionage th- thriller. Um, it's pretty, uh, you know, my expectations are met with it being an espionage thriller. There's a lot of background of a lot of characters and a lot of, uh, you know, just uh, not a lot of action, a lot of talking, but it's fine. I'm okay with that. So. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, and then for watching, I just watched, uh, I'm trying to do movie night now, Monday, Monday night movie night. So like, nice. so I kind of lost my, like, I feel like I've been watching a lot of bad movies for the other podcast. So I'm just like, yeah, I kid, I just hate movies. Cause it's like, we watch such terrible movies. Uh, Cause that's the point of it. So I was like, you know what? I need to have a Monday night where I just watch movies. So on Monday, I watched the uh, Sicario sequel there. Sicario de la Soldado. How was which- that? It was good. Um, I, I actually really liked it for a sequel. Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, they definitely queued up for a third movie, which I think they've talked about doing. The ending felt like I think you were expecting something else to the ending, and I was like, "Man, there's only ten minutes left. How's this gonna? How's this gonna go?" Um, mm-hmm. And you don't quite get what I think you what they tee you up for, which I'm I, I like. I think at the end I was like initially a little disappointed, but then I was like, you know what? That's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I still enjoyed the ride. So, and then I watched. Um, the new Mike Birbiglia uh, comedy special who I just love his storytelling and he's got lots of themes in his, his latest special of uh, death and life. So uh, very good. Uh, so I'm also watching uh, bodies on Netflix. <laughs> oh, I heard that was good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm like uh, two, two, three episodes into it right now. Um, it's like a limited series, just like, a, I think it's a time travel. Well, yeah, it's somewhat of a time travel. You kind of bounce between four different uh, eras of time and, trying to solve a murder so but yeah that's been about it so. yo so for that the sicario sequel yeah that was a different director right than yes. the original yeah it wasn't and, Denis villeneuve who directed dune <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's why i held off on it is yeah. because it felt like and maybe it's not but i think through the marketing and the director shift it felt like a made for like a direct to DVD type thing. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's not, not, no, not at all. Um, it, it was good. I mean, it's definitely a little more, I think, actiony than the first one, which, you know, that's fine. A lot of movies, you know, sequels will do that. Um, but it definitely ha- carries over the same tone and vibe of the first Sicario, which I really enjoyed. 
but kind of has its kind of has its own little flavor, which I think is good. Worth a watch. Nice. Yeah, I'll check it out. That's it. That's our episode. We're 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 done. We're uh we're wrapping this up. So happy new year, by the way. Oh episode, that's right. This, this is when this comes out. Comes hey, out, happy right? new year, Russ. Hey, thanks, bud. It's the new year. Hope you happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you hope we both make it. Because recorded. <laughs> well, I'm and a little sick. So and I hope this isn't this isn't weird when I release this on the second. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing for the next episode? We're talking. We're going to go query process, right? Yeah, I think we'll do querying and dealing with rejection. Yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> we just love beating ourselves up. So looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's our episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, send it on to to somebody you might would also enjoy it. Follow us on Instagram, Writer Syndrome Books. We're on Twitter, Writer Underscore Syndrome. But head to the website, find all the episodes. If you uh, want to reach out for any feedback or interested in doing an interview and you're an author, hit us up at writersyndrome.com. Thank you.